Time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Now it gets real. Now it gets serious. Uh, This is one of the changes the NFL has made, and I love it so much. The super wild card weekend. Boomer, how are you, buddy? You know, I'm doing great, and Super Wild Card Weekend is great. However, the seventh-ranked uh, teams in each of their conferences are 0-6 since they put this in place. So it's very unlikely that the number seven seed in either the AFC or NFC are going to win their games. Truth, but good teams win. Great teams cover. Uh, before we get to the games, we got to – let's do the Black Monday, the Redux, who's out, who's who's going where, what, what – just hit the rundown. Let's do it. The NFL Rundown. All right, we're not going to bury the lead. Obviously, Bill Belichick is the biggest of headlines. Boomer reported on this story in July. Um, <laughs> no, you were on it from the start. You yeah. were. So, Belichick out. But before we get to who's in, how did how did we get here? How did this end up? How did the relationship between Kraft yeah. and, and Bill get to this point? It was interesting, Mike. I went back and I looked at some of the comments that I was making in October and November about the potential for this split to happen. And then it was November 20th when I did say that I would not be surprised to see Bill Belichick going elsewhere and coaching elsewhere because I just felt after they came back from, in, uh, from losing to Indianapolis in London uh, that there were, all of a sudden there was a rift. And, you know, we all have people placed around the league and you hear different things. And uh, I I have a great contact that that gave me an idea that Bill Belichick was not going to be there. That's why I was confident about him, like, stepping away from this. And I I was hoping and I was saying on WEEI, our sister station up in Boston, uh, for the last, you know, month and a half now, that if it did come to this, I was hoping it was going to be amicable. And it is. And it's two guys realizing what I think we all realize. It's stale. It's ended. And they basically are stuck in neutral. And they need to move out of that. And I think Bill Belichick recognized that. I think Bob Kraft recognized that. And I think that you can see a healthy respect from both men. So I'm not shocked. I I, I said it back in November. I'll say it now. I'm not shocked. And it looks like Gerard Mayo is going to take over as the head coach of the Patriots. Which I think is going to be a mistake. But. I know, I know. Contractual and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he had it in his contract that he was going to be the, uh, just the heir apparent. We, and we'll get to it. With Vrabel available, mm-hmm. I don't want unproven. I want proven. I think it's absurd Vrabel's out in Tennessee. More on that in a second. Let me just ask one thing about Belichick. Didn't Belichick the GM fail Belichick the coach? At, at the quarterback position and wide receiver position, when he wasn't signing free agents, I would say Yes. You know, but when you think about bringing in Randy Moss, that was a huge success. Going out and drafting Julian Edelman, Edelman, that was a huge success. Bringing Wes Welker in from the Dolphins, huge success. So there were some great hits. Drafting Rob Gronkowski, yes. huge success. But last I mean, five the, years. Last oh four boy. or five years, not so good. And a lot of it has to do with the quarterback position. And by the way, his rookie year, Mac Jones looked like he was going to be the heir apparent. He looked like he was on track to be really good. And then Josh McDaniels left to go to Oakland, uh, Las Vegas. And then I don't know why Bill Belichick did this. He made Joe Judge and Matt Patricia kind of co-offensive coordinators, which was really a crazy move. 
and and Mac Jones just hasn't been the same since. I did. It, you said it all. Let's go to Vrabel. Um, the reports are insane that you know what it, it is. It, Amy Adams Strunk, uh, the, the the owner, uh, got in her feelings, and they didn't like that when Vrabel went back to New England, and they took it as a shot to them. <clears throat> I just explain how you end up getting rid of Mike Vrabel. Yeah, you know, it's amazing to me that maybe she actually did think that he wanted to go back there and coach the Patriots, just like you think he should be coaching the Patriots. I just think it's a great fit. I, I, I we all think it's a great fit because we all do have respect for Mike Vrabel. We think he's been a really good coach down there in Tennessee. He too has been hamstrung by quarterback situations, but I, I would say that there is some truth to the fact that uh, maybe a- Amy Adams Strong felt like. He really wanted to go back and coach the Patriots. Like, she could feel it. And and maybe she jumped the gun here. I don't know. Maybe. Well, here, according to Boomer Esiason, Mike Vrabel not going to be the head coach of the Patriots. Well, I, I just – that means that he can go somewhere else and uh, there will be other teams that will be out there that would love to have him on their sideline. And I think he's going to have probably one or two teams to pick from, maybe Washington, maybe Carolina. Uh, oh. the, these are these are teams that uh, are are going to be looking for a young, I think, a young head coach, which he still is, still vibrant, still very much in the game. And say what you want about the Tennessee Titans, for the most part, they came to play every single game. Yes, it's absurd he's gone, and Period. all the players are, are are like shocked that he is gone because it's ridiculous. Uh, here's one. Now this is the I told you this is the fun one because I told you I thought he was done in Seattle weeks ago. Pete Carroll, so take me through how this came about. Forget about just on field. They won their last game, but they faded. Carroll is now going to be an advisor or whatever it is. How surprised were you? I was shocked. But then again, I don't know the inner workings of a team. I don't know what's going on in meeting rooms. I don't know what's being said on the sideline. I don't know how he's running practice. I I know he has gone to great lengths, I should say to show everybody that he still has the vitality to be a coach in the NFL. I don't know why he's doing that. I don't know why he feels like he has to remind us that he's still got the energy for it. He, and I know he's the oldest coach in the NFL and ex, ex-coach now, but he's 72 years old. So it leads me to believe, I, I wonder if people in that building were wondering like where the team was headed. What's the long-term view? of where they want to go and how do they want to get there. And it seems to me like Dan Quinn would be the perfect fit for Seattle if uh, Pete Carroll is going to remain in the building. If Pete Carroll is going to remain in the building, it's got to be somebody he has a relationship with right. as the head coach. If not, if if it's some young guy, some young hotshot, the, the next Zach Taylor, the next Sean McVay, whoever it may be, I think that I think Pete's got to be out of the building then. Yeah, I, listen, I've never understood the idea of firing somebody, but we're going to move you upstairs in an advisory role. Let me ask you a question, because sure. you brought this up to me three weeks ago or four weeks ago now, yeah. and I was shocked when you brought it up. I I, where where did you come up with this? Feeling of, A, age plays a role, staleness, um, this idea. Of, and they had been losing. Yes, and it's just this idea of there's a lot of festering unhappiness in Seattle. And that's not an organization that generally puts up with that. That's not an organization they don't play that game. So there's an unhappiness. And look, DK Metcalf is the living embodiment of it. DK is a guy that looks like he wants out. It had just run its course. And I know he chews gum with amazing enthusiasm and he claps at an elite level. 
I think when you when you look at it, Boomer, it just it gets to be time. But He's don't you? 72. Yeah, right. Well, it's kind of like what happened in New England. But don't you feel like both New England and Seattle, for as long as we've been covering them, and as yes. long as I've been covering them, they seem to me to be like really truly stable franchises. Yes. Solid ownership, good mid-level management people, and really good coaches. And now both of these teams are going to be going through a redo here. Yeah, it's in flux. Um, so let, let's do, obviously, Arthur Smith gone. Rivera gone. Frank Reich's been gone for months in a ridiculous fashion. Brandon Staley gone. Ra- just Raiders a note. How have they not given Antonio Pierce? Yeah, time? I don't know what they're doing. I think he just, and by the way, I don't even think the Raiders have asked to interview anybody. I haven't seen any of their requests yet. You know, when you go through all of these different scenarios of job openings, whether it be coaching or GM, you have to submit the request through the league office so the league office is knowing that you are following, you know, the letter of the law of what is required when you go through these interviews. Now, the New England Patriots didn't have to do that because Gerard Mayo is black. So he's fine. If they hire him, they hire him, and they don't have to go through all the machinations of going through the Rooney, the Rooney rule, rule and all that other right. stuff. So these other these other teams, you know, have to start filing requests for interviews from other teams and other coaches that they want to talk to and GM candidates. I haven't seen anything from the Raiders yet. And Not it's, it's, one thing. What kills me is this Which kind of leads me to believe that maybe they are going to keep Antonio Pierce. I hope Antonio they Pierce. do. What, I mean, Pierce, If it, you know what he is? He is Las Vegas's Dan Campbell. He is built in a lab to be the Raiders coach. He embodies it. He wants it, lives it, players coach, physicality, the Raider way, right? Much like what Dan Campbell brought to the Lions. It's the second time in, what, four years? What was it? Uh, Rich Basaccio. Basaccio. Yeah. How did they not give him the job? It's right there for you, Mark Davis. Just do the simple thing. I, I want to ask you one question. You're in Detroit. Uh, you just covered the Michigan Wolverines in their national championship. Yes, what a blessing. Okay. Your buddy, Jim Harbaugh. Where, where is he going? Is he staying? Do you think he has interest in the Chargers? Do you think he has interest in the Bears? And Bears sound like, like they're keeping Eberflus. Right. Uh, do you think he has interest in the Raiders? <sighs> Listen, he's flirted with the NFL every year. Now, this year, for the first time, he's hired a power agent. He hired Don Yee. The betting odds suggest the Chargers are the one. The second choice is he's not coaching in the NFL. And then the third choice on down, they're all longer odds. Boomer, here's my thing. He's a good coach. I've never denied it. But he's 60, which is, this is a young man's game now. Oh, it's my age. Oh, well, you're not on the sidelines. You're here doing this with me. Yeah, that's The true. point I'm making is, <laughs> do you really want to bring that into your building? Everywhere he goes, it's chaos. That's, yeah, but that's, he wins everywhere he I goes. get it, buddy. San Diego State, Stanford, San Francisco, yeah. Michigan. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Yes, and he'll usually burn every bridge on the way out. Well, that's what coaches do. I mean, they're all maniacs. This I, is why what I happened with it. Pete Carroll and, and uh, uh, Bill Belichick to last as long as they have lasted yes. is amazing. I wouldn't do it. But uh, do I think he will be in the NFL? Yes, because here's the other inconvenient truth. I don't know that he'll be eligible to coach next year. Well, that's in the other thing I was going to ask you. Uh, because you have your ear to the ground when it does come to college athletics, what do you think the NCAA is going to do, not only to him? Yeah, they were never going to vacate the title. Football program. Right. They were never going to vacate the title. It's not even their purview. That's a CFP issue. Right. But he's dealing with multiple level one violations. And the school tried to get ahead of it for one of the investigations. Well, we'll give him three. The NCAA goes, we're not playing that game. You can do whatever you want to do. We don't accept the plea deal. 
The second half of the year, it was the Big Ten and NCAA in an unprecedented move, suspending him for three. Boomer, th- there's a very real shot. Age isn't going to be eligible to coach. For a year? Yeah. Wow. Now, now here's the thing. Wow. You could make the case with elite assistant coaches. Look, Jesse Minner is going to be a D.C. in this league. He was with the Ravens, just like Mike McDonald. He went to Michigan. He's an elite defensive coordinator. Right. When Mike McDonald gets a job, Jesse Minner will go right back with John and, and be with the Ravens. There's elite assistants there. Who? Let's just say Jim Harbaugh does leave Michigan. Yeah. Who is the replacement for him at Michigan? Sharon Moore. Sharon Moore is. Yeah, okay. He's been the OC and O-line coach a couple of years. Young, energetic, filled in for Harbaugh's dad yeah. coach. I have to say, I mean, their offensive line was unbelievable. Yeah, I it's mean, great. Physical. But in, both, in both of their games, they were really both offensive and defensive. Yeah, I mean, would you hire him? I would. So you're an I, owner. You would. Oh, you mean Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't know him as well as you seem to know him because of the amount of covering you do on them. Um, what I remember is a guy who always had a chip on his shoulder when he was a player. Uh, and I also have seen a guy that has been uh, supremely successful every level he's gone to. So I would say yes, and he brings instant credibility with him. Okay. couple of news and notes here as we wind it down. Uh, Bears, sounds like they're keeping Eberflus, yet they blast out the entire offensive staff, which would lend itself to they're going to draft Caleb Williams. 100%. Which is just a redux of what you did to Matt Nagy. Hey, we got a coach who's a little bit on the hot seat. Now we're going to bring you back but hand you a rookie, only to fire you a year later. Well, it all depends on who is hiring this offensive staff. Hopefully Eberflus is hiring the offensive staff, not Ryan Poles, the GM. Got to let the coaches control the staff. And if they are keeping Eberflus, then they got to give him a contract extension, which I think they will do. And quite frankly, they'd be idiots not to take um, Caleb Williams. They'll get something in return for Justin Fields, no question about it. Uh, This is a generational can't-miss player. Don't know him personally, but uh, everything I read, every game I've watched of his, uh, he is very similar to the way that Patrick Mahomes plays, a little bit smaller. But he looks like he is ready to rock and roll right now and will not be intimidated. Uh, cards. Sounds like Kyler regained some trust, credibility within the organization. Do you buy or sell stock in Kyler Murray for 24? I do now because of the money, and uh, and and I think that he did show that he is committed. He came back from his knee injury. Uh, he still has got the wheels. And if you take a look at the draft capital the Cardinals have going into this draft, it's pretty powerful. They are right there at the top of the draft. Uh, they have a lot of picks in this draft. So, yes, I, I think he stays there, and he should stay there. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to save this week's malpractice for at some point later in the show because we need to have a conversation about Mr. Shane Steich. I wanted to take my television and hurl it out the window <laughs> like a javelin okay. with that last play. But we'll, we'll get to it. What All we're right. going to do, we have got – Full breakdown, every wild card game, sides, totals, a little bit of a deeper dive this week. Less games, more content. And then we've got some fun. The pathway to the Super Bowl, best of the best. Hey, this team makes it if we got a lot to do and a little time to do it. We'll get to all of that and more. But first, as always, let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. And this weekend for Super Wild Card Weekend, you can enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila. The Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. And as always, 
No matter the result of your game this weekend, Casamigos Tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, to the meat and potatoes here. It is time to make the picks, and here's the only rule. There are no vetoes. There just aren't. Now, you don't have to pick the sides, but I wanted to add sides, totals, pick whatever you like, but there's no veto. Okay. All right, so let's, uh, hot week for us last week. We'll see if we can carry the momentum here. Let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. You're going to hear the pain in my voice as I have to do not what I want to do. I'm going to do what I need to do. Let's start out. Browns laying two and a half. They are at Houston. Your total's 44 and a half if you are so inclined. Boomer, I'll give you first crack at it. This game has torn me apart. All right. You know, these two teams played a few weeks back, but C.J. Stroud did not play in the game because he was still in concussion protocol. Joe Flacco threw for almost 250 yards in the second half. I would say that from a – from just a standpoint of looking at each team's defense, the Browns have the best pass defense in football, and they're going against a rookie. And the rookie has been great this year. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud has been just absolutely masterful. And the C.J. Stroud energy effect is real for the Texans. And you know this place is going to be absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it helps that the Browns have been there already and the Browns beat them and they know what they're facing. The one thing that worries me about this game and will worry me as long as the Browns stay in the playoffs is going to be Joe Flacco's penchant for throwing mm. interceptions. We've stumbled upon it. Right, so that really does bother me. Let, but me, I, let me offer something else that may bother you. Okay. So I love this Browns D. You do too. I was taking a look at their home and road splits. They are 10 points per game worse on the road. See, when you get into the split thing, that just drives me nuts. That's what I'm here for. I know. Now, these two teams already played in Houston, so the Browns just recently went down there, as I told you, and won. So they kind of get the feel of the whole place. So let me make you feel better about the Browns. We'll go back the other way. Joe Flacco in the the wild card round is 5-0 straight up and and 5-0 against the number. And who would have thought Joe Flacco would be playing in this round when the season started? But who would have thought again, Joe Flacco would have been playing this round October 1st? Let's go the other way. Okay. You went from a top five kicker in Dustin Hopkins to now Lions cast off unemployed Riley Patterson. Ooh. You really want him taking a big kick for you on the road uh, in the playoffs? Know, the, the, I, there, there are a million things we could look at in this game. The, the feeling that I get is defense travels. Joe Flacco's playing great. Had a week off. I didn't like that. I wanted him to play a little bit last week. Just wanted him to play a quarter or two. But, you know, outside of the pocket, play action, he is a master. And they have figured out some way, somehow, to get the best out of him. And this David Njoku is basically uncoverable. Yeah, he's back. Since he has been with Joe Flacco. I am taking the Browns. All right. I am going to lay the points. And like I said, I do believe defense travels. And it's a rookie quarterback. I, mean, I just, know. Just I, feel uh, like I have to go with that defense. The problem I have is everyone's betting the Browns and the numbers getting smaller. I got. I, give me the Texans. Give me the over. I, I I hate myself. Chiefs laying four and a half against Miami. This is going to be the awful weather. Negative five. Tickets going for forty bucks, which is unheard windy, of in Arizona. Windy as well. Yes. So let's talk about it. I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. Dolphins in the elements, 
I mean, do we need? Does Eddie Scazzeri have a highlight reel of Dolphins snow games? No, this is really bad. So, and, and we we talk about the Chiefs all year long. What are the two things that we have said about the Chiefs all year long? Go ahead. I've said they're broken. I know you said they're broken, <laughs> but we we've, we've been really talking about their defense. Yeah. What's a broken is their offense. Absolutely. All right, but what is broken on the Dolphins right now? Uh, their defense. Their their edge rushers. Their yeah, linebackers. They don't have level. any. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just with the weather and with the Dolphins' problems defensively, with all the injuries, now they're getting some of their offensive guys back. It looks like Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle are both going to play in this game. Here's the interesting note with Tua. So he's got four career games uh, in the cold. One of them he was splendid. The other three, he's been horrific. 55% completion rate, four touchdowns, five picks. If they have their weapons, think about, let's let's look at it schematically. If if Ramsey is going to take Rashi Rice out of this game, okay. he does not exist. Where's Mahomes going with the football? Well, he's going to go to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but that's like throwing it to a television monitor. Yeah, he but, can't run no more. Well, Travis didn't play last week, took the week off. He's going to be ready to rock and roll. I'm just telling you. That I, I I think. No chance of a 24-20 final. I, not with the Miami defense. I think the Miami defense is a shell of itself. I really do. I mean, they're, they're missing their pass rushers. They're signing guys off the street. Did you see what Melvin Ingram looked like on the field? Okay, first of all, whose idea was I thought I was getting punked. Eddie, whose idea was it to put 36-year-old Melvin Ingram in coverage 40 yards down the field? Somebody want to help me with that decision? He wasn't able to do that as a rookie. Now he's uh, he's our age, and they're asking him to cover forty yards down the field. You see what he looks like? Not he, optimal. He, he looks heavy, and you know they're doing that again with some more guys off the uh, off the street. So I, I mean, everything tells me the Chiefs. I my every everything about this game all tells right. me the Chiefs. Arrowhead, cold weather, and I know that they've played tough games against Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tennessee. I think this is like that Tennessee game. You know what? It may be close a little bit. Next thing you know, the Chiefs are going to run away with it. I just give me the points. I, I'm I got to do it. I this Chiefs team doesn't deserve to be favored over a high school from an offensive standpoint. Give me the Dolphins. I'll take the Chiefs. I know, and I'm rooting for Eddie. I don't want to right. see him sad. I don't like it. Bills laying ten flat, hosting the Steelers. Uh, your totals thirty six and a half. This is another weather game. Chaos. Yeah, I do think that the Chiefs will score 36 points in this game. They're probably going to win. The like, Chiefs? I mean, the Chiefs. The oh, Bills. the Bills. Okay. You I mean, like, me. look, no T.J. Watt. They're 1-10 without T.J. Watt. They barely beat a Baltimore Raven team last week that was playing with their backups. And, I give and it was Mike, one play. And I give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit for keeping this team together and getting to 10 wins and getting to the playoffs. This is not a great matchup for them. And Josh, Josh Allen, you could say whatever you want about this guy. He is a beast. I love this guy. He can throw three interceptions in a game and come back in the fourth quarter and throw three touchdown passes. You need a first down, guess who's running for it and who's putting his shoulder down to get it? It's Josh Allen. I'm going to lay the points, and I am taking the Bills. I I, I will. Uh, obviously, Allen with three red zone turnovers last week was not I, optimal. Yeah, but I don't, listen, it's part of his game. I know, and it drives me insane. I will take them. If you want to bet this, by the way, I think props could be your way to go. Just a quick side note, maybe Najee Harris carries, Najee Harris anytime touchdown. I, I hate laying 10 in a weather game. That could be really ugly. Could but you I, see like a 27-7 game here? Well, I where, do like the under, so yes. Yes, yes. 27-7. Um, 
I could see a couple of turnovers maybe by yes. you know, a ball carrier here or there giving the opposing team good field position and you know running in yeah. a touchdown, something like that. Yeah, and the other thing, too, Mason Rudolph just can't move, and I, I got a real problem there. So, yeah, give me the Bills and under if you're so inclined. All right, next game. Cowboys lay in seven and a half, hosting the pack. The total, 50 and a half. This is the pressure spot. This is this is yep. no teams under more pressure than the Dallas Cowboys. I think if McCarthy loses, he's fired. Uh, I just take me through it because all I right. got to tell you, I'm leaning, taking so, the points here, right, brother. So, uh, so the Packers, you know, are, are the youngest team in NFL history to make the playoffs by average age, I believe. And, you know, I, I really like what Jordan Love has done the last 10 weeks. He, he earned the job. He got him to the playoffs, did something Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year. Beat the Bears last week. They beat a lot of bad teams towards the end of the season. They went to MetLife Stadium and lost to the Giants. You don't have to remind. Hey, hey dude, it cost dude. us a pick. Tommy DeVito, baby. Uh, this is this is the Cowboy team that I think is going to put up at least 35 points here. I'm taking the Cowboys and laying the points. See, this is a little it, – it's interesting. It'll come down to is if they're able to protect Love. Look, they excel at pass blocking. That's what the pack does. The Cowboys, they excel at getting to the passer. It will come down. It was an interesting note I put in here. When a pack are able to limit the pressures, they're good. When when they allow a 25% pressure rate, they went four and six. They're terrible. The Cowboys have pressured the quarterback 14 times this year at a 25% clip. And what, they average like 40 points at home this year? Yes. Now, per game? I now. mean, And let's face it, Mike. Uh, you're talking about a Green Bay team that beats some bad teams here at the end of the season. Their, their their best win was the win on Thanksgiving at Detroit. Here's the other thing: Packers. I mean, Devondre Campbell. That you know, like I love focusing on linebacker level stuff. Packers in the middle with the linebacker safety play, awful. Well, CD land. I mean, you're going to see CD on these crossing routes get loose, but the seven and a half, Boomer winning a playoff game hard enough. I know winning by. You know, essentially asking the Cowboys, who are choke artists. Sorry, Dallas fans. <laughs> choke artists. I'm t- I got to take the seven and a half here. All right, well, take the seven and a half. You know, I Cowboys don't, you will know, win. Don't but, feel bad. I mean, it's okay. I think the Cowboys are going to score over 30 points this game. And I think their defense is, uh, you know, opportunistic. They get turnovers. And there's a youthful Packer team there that finished the season beating some bad teams. So it's kind of skewed. It 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 is. Well, and I think you know what? If we're going to do that though, too, Dallas, their home numbers are pumped up pretty good by beating the helpless. Go look at the teams they played at home. Ain't none of them in the playoffs. The Lions, the only one, and that was far from a work of art. Mm. I look. It's it's. I I am a sucker for the points. I got I got to take the underdog. All right, now this one. We need help. Okay. Someone has to win this game, is what I'm being told. Eagles laying three at Tampa, your total 43 and a half. Uh, my question to you is, is this Eagles team alive? I'll tell you, my question to you is, if uh, the Eagles lose this, is Sirianni alive? Okay, take me through it. I don't know, man. I, You know, everything coming out of Philadelphia is directed right at the coach. And we talked all the way back in week one about this team and how the loss of these coordinators were going to have a big impact on this team. And it's been negative. It's been negative all year long. So I actually do think that, you know, the Eagles uh, do have a lot of pride. Darius Slay looks like he's going to be back in the secondary for yeah. the Eagles. You know, Baker Mayfield has not been great at home. He's been better on the road. Yeah. And the ribs. 
And by, He's been banged up. And by the way, they only scored nine points last week against the Panthers. I know it's the last game of the season. They probably mailed that one in thinking they were going to win it no matter what happened. Great feeling, by the way, for me, who had Panthers plus four and a half. You hold the opponent to nine. You still can't <laughs> wow. cover. Ugh. I am taking the Eagles here. I'm going to lay the points, and I will take the Eagles. You know, it, this is kind of a Todd Bowles game, though. When you look at how to attack the what Eagles. What exactly is a Todd Bowles game? Blitzing. Okay. Aggression. The Eagles do not have answers this year because what's happening is Hertz is not standing in. He's not reading it. He's not seeing it. He's battling. You know, his finger was on backwards. He's got the knee problem. Boomer, there's something here when you look at it. It's just this blitz-heavy deal, and the Eagles all year. Remember last year, if you tried to blitz them, they had every answer. They would kill you. Well, now Shane Steichen, by the way. Right. Now they're getting killed. Then I look at the other side of it, and I go, do you realize the Eagles have had the worst pass rush in football last four weeks? Uh, That's exactly right, and last year they had the best pass rush. So I go, all right, I I got Baker's going to have a little bit of time. Matt Patricia, the only thing worse than his wardrobes is defense. Like what? How do I bet the Eagles lay in three at Tampa? Then How? don't. Then well, don't. I mean, I I just tell you, I'm you're a the wartime consigliere. I'm am. coming to you. I I mean, we I feel like we're on the opposite side of a bunch of these games. By the way, I know we are. Look, I feel like the Eagles. It is very hard for me to build a a, a window that they come alive. But what is it about the Bucks? I it mean, they're coming out of the worst co- di- uh, division I know. in football. You know what it is? How about the Bucks don't hate each other? How about the Bucs don't check out? Like, the Bucs don't look like a team that literally has no fun earning money playing football. The Eagles look absolutely busted. When you have A.J. Brown going, oh, we went to a rage room for a team retreat, you know you're effed. That's the only thing worse than a players-only meeting. Oh, we did a team building. Uh, come on, man. This ain't the offseason. You know what? They should have went to one of those um... – uh, what the, what, what, were you shooting at each other with the bubble? What the hell? Well, a uh, paintball? Yeah, paintball. They should have went to a paintball retreat and just taken a shot at you I know, th- unfortunately, Jalen Hurts I think the whole time. The whole team shooting at Jalen Hurts. I think they'd all turn around and do it to Sirianni. <laughs> I, I just feel like with the three points, I got to do it. All right. I'll probably look stupid. It'll be 20 nothing Eagles, and Baker will go down with a rib injury. But I, I'm going to do it. And, and look, we save best of the best because it is a fascinating game. We're going to do a little malpractice. And then we're going to talk about what these teams got to do if they are to make a Super Bowl. So a jam-packed last segment where I think <laughs> I have heard rumors. Yes. We're going to agree on this game. You think so? I, I've i heard rumors. Well, you do have that Detroit bias. I do ah, know that. You'll be surprised. Casamigos, tell them about it. All righty. So what goes great with football after all? It is Casamigos tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and love it. So make sure you have plenty on hand for the Super Wild Card games this weekend, whether it be on Yeho, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It is Casamigos tequila. And our friends at Casamigos Remind our friends who love Casamigos to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we're going to try to get everything done in this last segment. So before we do best of the best, before we do final war, we got two things. One of them I'm hopped up to talk about. The other one you should have heard Boomer during the break. Language that is not fit for children. So let's start with this. Malpractice. Okay. Now. Shane Steichen, I, I, what? The last play of the game, if you want to throw the ball, you have four options. 
five if you consider laying your headset down, quitting, and walking off the field. So you have four real options. You can hand it to Jonathan Taylor because you've run for 7 billion yards. You can hard play action out of a key run set to Taylor because everyone in the building knows you're running. Or you can line up, go shotgun, which I thought was stupid on fourth and a pencil, and you can throw a swing pass to Jonathan Taylor. Or you could arrive at where John, uh, where Steichen arrived. We're going to throw it to Petey Goodson, who's caught like three passes all year. What? Well, there's there's certain things that happen in games, and I don't know because I was not on the sideline. You know, Jonathan Taylor may have taken himself out of the game on the previous play, and then all of a sudden his guy goes in, and then you're stuck in a situation where, oh, my God, look who's out there. And by the way, if Gardner Minshew just throws a better ball. I understand. I mean, it was a terrible throw by Gardner Minshew, and I know that Goodson – Basically took it all on himself. And, yes, should he have caught it 100%. It was a great play call, by the way. He was wide open. And, you know, they were trying to run that backfield out of the back or the back out of the backfield, and they were trying to do a rub route a few yards down the field. And if it would have been caught, it would have been an easy first down. Final play of season, best player on team, not on field. Unacceptable. I uh, some things happen during games, and again, then get a gurney and crane him back into the hut. I just don't know the the total situation of what was happening on the sideline. I I have been in that situation a number of times when I played, where you have something dialed up for a player, and then that player doesn't happen to be on the field when the play gets called. You would have thrown Goodson out of the huddle. Don't lie to I, America. You would have thrown him out. I, what I would have said to Goodson is that, look, man, this ball's coming to you. Get ready for it, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to lead you up the field as opposed to throw it on your back hip. Not optimal. Now, what you do have a great handle on. Boomer enlightened us to something. We got some hot quotes from Duval here. Now, the Jags, they were America's disappointment this year. Yeah, they laid an egg for sure. They cleaned out the staff. Nine staff members gone, but you've got a quote and a big opinion. Take it away. So normally what happens, most coaches get fired. They leave. They go quietly. They don't say much. But one of the coaches, I'm not sure who it is, basically gave a direct quote to somebody in the media. That quote was then uh, obviously generated on X as that post was out there. And here is the exact quote. The solutions are leaving, and the problems are staying. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. That is not Jeez. a good look for Doug Peterson. It's not a good look for Trevor Lawrence. That's not a good look for the guys that have gotten fired. Nine co- coaches were fired, some offense, some defense. I think it was probably more of a defensive coach, it sounds like to me, that would have said something like this. You're a Peterson guy, though. How surprised I do. are you? I was shocked. I was really, really shocked. I I. I knew he was going to make changes. I didn't think he was going to fire nine coaches. That You know what we call that? That's called the Lovey Smith. You know, yes, it is. <laughs> That's CYA mode, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, I think the owner goes to you and says, look, I, I want changes here. This is not happening the way it should happen, and you have to be able to identify where you yeah. think you're weak, and you, you're Doug Peterson. It's a really hard thing to go through. It's No coach likes firing assistant coaches that have been working with him for the last two years. Let's go best of the best, shall we? This week's best of the best. This is made for television drama. It is almost designed. The Detroit Football Lions are now three-point favorites in their first home playoff game in 30 years. No misprint. Hosting the Rams, quarterbacked by John Matthew Stafford. (laughs) Um... 
Boomer, let's get into it because I have to tell you I'm terrified about this game for the good people of Detroit. This is not the team you wanted. This is not the matchup you wanted. And I will tell you, one of my close friends, uh, T.J. Lang, former Packer offensive lineman, now works sidelines for the Lions. We had this conversation this week. Bright lights, home game, favorite, prime time. That changes the way you play. You can come out tight. You can come out a little nervous. There's not a lot of experience on this Lions team. I wanted your take here. Well, the Rams have won seven out of their last eight games. And the only game they lost Baltimore. was an overtime loser at Baltimore. And it was a kick, not a kick return, a punt return. Punt return. Right? And there was a legal block in the back that wasn't called. So they kind of got screwed in that game. But, you know, they've beaten Cleveland. They have beaten Seattle. They have they should have beaten Baltimore. They're right there with Baltimore. They finished with four straight wins, Washington, New Orleans, New York, and San Francisco. San Francisco didn't play in their starters. Um, and it's Matthew Stafford, and it's this wide-receiving core, and it's Aaron Donald anchoring that defense. Yeah, so a couple of notes. Um, Everyone thinks, oh, it's McVay, it's hard play action, it's deep balls. The reality is this has turned into the Kyron Williams show. Do you know the last time Kyron Williams has been held under 4.2 yards of carry? Uh, I would say, man. And the reason I say it is Lions have a very good rush D. It didn't happen against Baltimore. No, no, no. It, Ready? Yeah. September 25th. Wow. This has been, he has been rock solid consistent. Now, when he plays big, they win. Oh, you know, that September 25th, you know what that night was? No. That was Ring of Honor night for me in Cincinnati. Oh, there we by go. The way. There you I go. I knew that number the meant difference. something to me. I knew it. I knew they um, were going to lose when I was in the building. So, look, you have Lions Rush D, which yeah. is very good against a Rams rushing attack that has become very good. How that plays out will play a big role. Here's the other angle. The Lions, I I had no problem with Dan Campbell playing the starters. I didn't. It's part of his identity. I think it would have flown in the face if they didn't. But Sam Laporta got hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, at time of us doing this show, I don't have final word on it. But when you're talking an MCL injury and a bone bruise, that's a multi-week injury. He's kind of like T.J. Watt is for the Steelers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you got a knee. It's not 100%. But do you know what Laporta means? See, yeah. this is something I want people to understand. It's not just 85 catches. It's not just 900 yards. It's not just 10 touchdowns. Do you know how many first downs Sam Laporta accounted for for the Detroit football lines this year? Uh, What, 48? 48 of them. I mean, guys, as a quarterback, Jared Goff, yes, you have Amon Ross St. Brown as a stud. Josh Reynolds has a clutch element guy from his days with the Rams, but Laporta has become the dude on third downs. They'll split him out wide. They'll he'll be the key read in these plays. If he's not there, Lions don't have other tight. Yeah, I mean Brock Wright, but some they, guy named Bob Sam, Mitchell. It ain't Sam Laporta. Right. I'm very worried. You know what I love about this game? Honestly, I love the line play in this game, both offensive and defensive lines going after each other. Yeah. And the reason these teams are there, of course, their quarterbacks have played great. Don't get me wrong. We all know it's a quarterback league. But both lines for each of these teams mm-hmm. are like uh, strengths of their teams. And they have some of the best players in the league on those lines. Uh, quite frankly, Ragnow and Penny Sewell, in my eyes, should both be all pros. 
Yes. I mean, they are tremendous players. Penny saw it, right tackles, one of the best right tackles, if not the best right tackle in football. You got Aaron Donald in the middle of all this. You know what's going to be interesting? It's, it's going to be like a like it's going to be like a dog fight in, in in the middle, and it should be a high scoring game. Believe Something it or not. to watch for too, and and I love what the Rams do. It reminds me of the old days when Indomik and Sue was aligned with the wide nine. Is they'll take Aaron Donald and they'll move him out wide, and then they'll take the other three linemen and basically put him on the the other shoulder center on. And and then the center's got a choice he's got to make where it's like, wait, if I'm if I'm going over here. I think what they're going to do is put Aaron Donald over Taylor Decker. Now, De- Decker's been battling injuries all year. He's a good player. But I, that is a matchup because the Rams' pass rush has been elite since week nine. Can they get pressure on Goff, who's horrific under pressure? And then here's what the Lions have to do. They've turned into something Aaron Glenn didn't want to be. They've turned into a blitzing defense. You don't want to do that against Matthew Stafford. Wow, it's interesting. Oh. Sta- hold on now. Hold on now. I'm, I'm not against this wide receiver crew. Okay, I'm, I'm just you. saying, from a statistical standpoint, yeah. Stafford's been very bad against the blitz this year. Believe me, Sean McVay will have him ready for it. And the one thing I love about with the Rams that they have three wide receivers that very rarely drop footballs. They make catches. They go across the middle. They keep their feet in bounds. Uh, they tip it to themselves. I mean, you've seen everything uh, from you know these wide receivers. I don't know. I'm I'm picking the Rams here. I'm actually. God, uh, I'm gonna this. I'm gonna lay the points. It's amazing. Here's a stat. I'll just give it to you. Okay. You guys don't have to care. Teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, who make it and are favored in the wild card round at home, nineteen. 19- 40 and one uh, against that's, the number. Uh, that's too much in the weeds for me. I, I mean, just, I just, at, I, I, where it's did a, it's that a, come from? Earth, the cosmos. I'm taking the Rams. I want to be wrong. These people don't deserve to lose this game. I that, mean, I'm that, a Giants fan, but I have a heart. I want Lions fans to be happy. I'm terrified they're going to lose to Stafford, and this is going to be some serious, serious stress for these people. That Laporta in injury, depending on how effective, if he plays at all, wait a minute, is going to play a very big part in this game. Scones. It's like a contingency there pick. Hey, the Sam Laporta medial collateral ligament contingency play of the week. If Not Laporta, for me. Not for me. Okay. It's my the, Rams. And who's in the game? It's the my Rams. Rams. <laughs> my Rams. I am staying with the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams, take the three points. I hate everything. <laughs> Let's go to the final one. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. Okay. Final word is this. Fill in the blank. We got a little under three minutes to do this little rapid fire. I got it. This team makes the Super Bowl if... Dot, dot, dot. Well, how about if this team wins this weekend? Why do we have to say the Super Bowl? Well, just get to the Super Bowl. Like, what would spark a run for the teams I list? What would be this critical boomer uh, pressure point, if you will? Like, All right, okay. The Texans make a run to the Super Bowl if. If C.J. Stroud stays hot and stays away from the interceptions. The Browns make the Super Bowl if. Their defense stays healthy. Joe Flacco continues to play at the level that he's playing at. The Dolphins make the Super Bowl if. 
they're they not, can get back home. They're not. They're not going. So I don't think that that's going going to be the case. But I would have to say Tua has got to navigate the cold this week in Kansas City. The Chiefs make the Super Bowl if all of a sudden Rasheed Rice becomes that missing piece wide receiver, big play player. The Cowboys make the Super Bowl if. Somehow, some way, they don't have to play the San Francisco 49ers. I like it. Packers make the Super Bowl if. You can't if, say hell freezes. I would say if Jordan Love gets hot, because he's going to end up having to throw at least 45 times a game to win, okay. I believe. Lions make the Super Bowl if. Uh, Sam Laportis gets healthy as we move on in the playoffs, and somehow, some way, Jared Goff can outduel. Matthew Stafford this week. All right, 10 seconds or less. Rams make the Super Bowl if. Uh, Matthew Stafford gets on a heater and they stay healthy. Eagles make the Super Bowl if. They're not going to. They will <laughs> if somehow the they works. this uh, this 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 mean room or whatever you call it. <laughs> okay. Meeting worked. Bucks make the Super Bowl if. They're not going. All right. I, I <laughs> We violated the rules. All right, listen. Next week. More games, more action. We ran out of time. More firings, more to do. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.